Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Wagner Dos Santos, and this is Wagner Live. In this episode, I will be giving you a midweek check-in with commentary on the top news in marketing, advertising, branding, and business from where we left off on November the 2nd to date. Uh, I'll be talking about Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Snapchat, and more. So now let's get started. Um, so in my Did You Hear This segment, Amazon, um, it's told that Amazon may soon be offering free housekeeping service to its Prime members. That's right. So let me repeat that again. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you may be entitled to receive free housekeeping services. And um, this was uh, this this um, hint was um, picked up by the Seattle Times uh, when they saw some new job postings that uh, seemed to indicate that this was the direction that they were going. So um, so stay tuned uh, to hear about this uh, free housekeeping service. I'm I'm down. I'm a prime member and um, that sounds like a really nice perk for me. Um, save some money every month. Um, next is YouTube Red. Well, if you're not familiar, YouTube Red is the ads-free paid subscription service that YouTube created with this idea that um, some people, many people say they don't like advertising, they don't like the interruption of advertising, yet someone has to pay for the service that you're enjoying. So YouTube put on this um, this new subscription service or launched this new subscription service called YouTube Red where you pay a, uh, a fee and with that fee would entitle you to an ads-free platform. Well, it hasn't been working out very well since its launch and um, they have just about um, 1.5 million paying subscribers as of late summer with uh, another 1 million that signed up on a free trial basis and this is according to The Verge. Now that may sound like very big numbers but not when you look at the size of YouTube's audience. 1.5 million is not that big and we've seen other services, other streaming services like Netflix, um, Hulu, um, actually Hulu if I'm not mistaken um, and um, that are promoting uh, ads f ad free subscription and this is with um, the streaming industry really trying to figure out um, how do they best uh, provide a service to their customers um, who are not happy with advertising and I've said in my program in the past and I'll continue to say this until I'm blue in the face that advertising is not the problem. The problem is the uh, the quality of the advertising. So um, people today, and I'm a consumer myself as well, um, we like to have education about a product, brand, or service that meets a need um, of ours, or it provides a solution that, um, that we need. And uh, sometimes we don't see that easily in the store. We might li live even in a remote area where it takes a long drive to go somewhere. There, there's a variety of reasons why we may not be aware. Um, so having advertising sent to us educates us on a product that we need. Now, only if it's a quality ad. And by quality, I mean, and I've said this before, it needs to be messaged well. Um, it needs to uh, be 
enough messaging to connect with the audience and explain to them uh, who you are, why, and the why of what's why you're important to the customer, and um, and then it's got to be served at the right place at the right time. Maybe your product is best viewed during the daytime. Maybe it's best viewed at night and uh, in conjunction with a certain programming. And of course, it needs to be relevant to the person, not pushing a product, brand, or service that um, is just a, a toss-up whether or not you can convince them to buy. You want to be a matchmaker in today's advertising and marketing landscape. And if more advertisers and marketers did that, we would see less of an issue with ad blocking and with um, content providers and publishers um, and streaming platforms looking for other ways to monetize to keep their audience. The problem is with the quality of the advertising and the targeting of the advertising. Fix that and we will start seeing happier uh, consumers. So that is my rant. Uh, as I do every so often on this topic. Um, next is Adidas. Adidas is uh, selling, they're selling trainers that are made out of recycled plastic uh, from oceans. So um, there's about 7,000 that are going on sale right now, uh, but Adidas has big plans uh, for these type of shoes and uh, their ultimate ambition is to eliminate virgin plastic from their supply chain. So very interesting endeavor. And uh, another thing that I talk about often on the program is generational targeting. And we know that millennials and then Generation Z, which is coming up right behind millennials, that they are very environmentally connected. Um, if you are providing a, a product or service that is good to the planet, um, that does some good, you are more likely to connect with them. So Adidas is, um, and, and they've always been a very smart brand. They are definitely thinking about their new and younger audiences. Um, now in, uh, in recent years, Black Friday has, uh, has really lost its luster and, um, and, and Cyber Monday has really uh, taken the, the lead as the shopper holiday. Um, last year, Black Friday sales fell about 12%, and um, and it looks like they may be um, looking, or the the holiday, if you will, may be looking at uh, further drop-offs this year. Cyber Monday has definitely uh, been a very advantageous shopping target, and um, there are a lot of... Um, news articles out there talking about the demise of Black Friday and why it's not working. Uh, but certainly um, Cyber Monday was a great idea um, that it has been growing year after year. Um, and uh, as we see more mobile advertising becoming um, uh, becoming more important and more utilized and more online shopping through your mobile device, um, Cyber Monday is a no-brainer. Um, now, interesting, I don't know if you guys know about this, but in China, there is uh, an equivalent, if you will, of Cyber Monday, and it's called Singles Day. And this is on November 11th. So uh, this will be on Friday, uh, Friday of this week, um, Singles Day. And it is um, the biggest shopping uh, holiday in the world. And uh, this is in China. Um, Americans have not capitalized on this day. 
um, but it is uh, it's definitely something to uh, to look into. So if you're not familiar with it, uh, Singles Day is what it's called um, from China. Biggest shopping holiday, bigger than Cyber Monday. Um, and now you might have also heard that uh, Starbucks they um, they came out with their green cup for their seasonal coffee this year and um, it was quite a social media uproar and the uproar had a lot to do with the messaging of unity now if you hadn't haven't seen it um, they came up with a green cup that if you looked really closely had a lot of little illustrations of people and the the idea was to promote a message of unity but because um, Howard Schultz, uh, CEO of, of Starbucks, was very open about his uh, choice for the presidency, Hillary Clinton. Uh, many felt that he was politically brainwashing people with the green cups. So uh, I'm not too sure how promoting a message of unity is uh, brainwashing people politically. It sounds to me very bipartisan but it has been a very crazy election period and um, it probably didn't take much to get people up in, a, in an uproar. Um, and then lastly in this segment, um, uh, Slack's CMO steps down. I talked about this uh, a little bit before in the last show, uh, Stuart Butterfield, he uh, steps down as CMO and it's a very um, awkward time because we have uh, Facebook, um, Facebook workplaces, um, we have uh, Microsoft, we have all these brands that are coming into the fold trying to compete, compete with Slack and um, they, haven't, uh, they haven't quite uh, found a replacement for that position and this is a, a very delicate time that and I, I would imagine or hope that they have a plan in sight but this is not a good time to be without a marketing strategy when a lot of other brands are trying to come in really aggressively and uh, and steal your thunder. So um, good luck, Slack. Um, you're a great platform. We use it here at my agency and uh, hope you find a good CMO. Um, now moving on to Facebook. Um, so um, Facebook, uh, of course, the ones who created Facebook Workplace, they now, the Slack competitor I was just talking about, by the way, they now have uh, a thousand companies that are already using the platform. And um, so they have, um, uh, they have a new version that, uh, uh, that Facebook designed um, for, the, uh, for the group. And they're going, of course, very aggressively uh, against Slack and against the others that are coming up with similar platforms. And um, this is something among many other innovations that Mark Zuckerberg is putting a lot of emphasis into. And that is uh, in addition to uh, emphasis in virtual reality through Oculus and um, also Facebook Messenger, which um, he has been very open about how he sees the platform uh, becoming something that will eventually be native on smartphones, uh, his hope is that you will use Facebook Messenger in place of the native uh, SMS messaging app on your phone. And uh, you'll be able to um, not only continue with the messaging that you do with Facebook users, but with other users um, um, that are, they may or may not have a Facebook account and having those bots that he has opened to developers that will be able to 
uh, connect through artificial intelligence, learning what you're talking about and be able to spooky, right? Uh, they'll be learning what you're talking about, following along and then serving up information that's relevant to the conversation you're having. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like somebody snooping in on your conversation um, and uh, someone who's a little nosy and saying, oh, by the way, I just overheard you saying this. And did you know that if you come to my store, you could actually uh, get that shoe you were just talking about with your friend? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, continue your conversation. Um, so it wouldn't quite be like that, but th you get the idea. Um, and Twitter, uh, I'll tell you. Twitter um, is is going through lots of ups and downs, and certainly it's been no um, no surprise that they've been having financial issues, and they have been toying around with the idea of closing Vine. And I reported this in my show last week that it looked like Twitter was going to close down Vine after going through all the effort of acquiring it. Well, now the latest news is that they may actually be looking for someone to buy Vine. So they have a few people, a few buyers that they're talking to right now. So it's quite possible that there may be a purchase in sight. Um, in the meantime, Twitter was very influential in this year's election, as social media has been in uh, previous elections, uh, including uh, Obama's. Um, initial uh, race to presidency and um, Donald Trump amassed about 14 million Twitter followers and um, many speculate that uh, Twitter was um, a big um, uh, was a big part of why Donald Trump did so well in these elections. If you remember, a lot of conversation were about his late night tweets and sometimes his uh, very off the cuff, um, sometimes a little uh, harsh um, tweets that would go out. And um, the thing about the tweets, aside from the content and aside from whether they were insulting or not, um, they, they had a very um, authentic feel. And truth be told, those tweets weren't always being tweeted by the Donald himself. Um, they, were, um, they were being handled by his social media team. And he claims that he did, he was responsible for some of the tweeting. We don't know how much, but he had a team that um, was able to maintain a very um, Donald Trump-esque brand voice and allowed his um, supporters to feel like it was Donald speaking to them. So uh, whether you um, voted for him or you didn't, um, if you look at it from a marketing standpoint, uh, it was a great example of how brands need to be really relevant to their audience and they need to connect with them on a personal basis. That feeling that um, you're getting a tweet from Donald Trump and that he's just a normal person, um, not a politician, he didn't have a Twitter politician speak, that really resonated with his audience. So uh, a lot of people definitely feel that Twitter was a very important component in his entire marketing strategy. Um, and, uh, you know, Hillary uh, probably didn't have as successful of a Twitter game as Donald Trump did, but she also understood the importance of social media so much so that the minute she announced that she was going to be running for president, she hired a CTO to um, to head up her tech division, including social media. So um, candidates are definitely 
uh, looking at social media as a very serious part of their campaign strategy and they are hiring people within those areas that we didn't see decades ago. So very interesting to see that shift where social media is not just a fun place to go um, and, um, and talk to your friends, but it's really part of a serious strategy. Um, also about Twitter, um, their COO, and this is big news, um, Adam Bain steps down and uh, CFO Anthony Noto replaces him. And this is interesting news because um, Adam was really set for the path to become Twitter's uh, CEO. And uh, all of a sudden he has left to quote unquote, pursue other opportunities. So um, no one really knows for sure if that is, if that's the truth or if he was let go because of uh, uh, issues with uh, Twitter's um, ad sales. But nonetheless, uh, Adam Bain uh, is stepping down to pursue other opportunities. And also on Twitter, um, if you didn't see this related to the election, there's a hashtag that got pretty popular over the last 24 hours and it's hashtag Twitter blackout. So uh, if you haven't seen it, essentially a uh, campaign um, was led and followed where people would black out their profile image and their cover image in protest of Donald Trump's um, uh, election into the office and uh, and using the hashtag Twitter blackout. I don't know how long it's going to carry. Uh, frankly, I looked at my um, list of, uh, of followers or those that I follow and I didn't see anybody blacked out. So um, I don't really know if this is going to become something very viral. Um, but nonetheless, I thought I'd report it to you guys. Um, next is uh, Snapchat. Um, they are working on something they call world lenses. And this is really cool. I'm very excited about this because um, so Snapchat is now working on what to do on the rear side of the phone's camera. So we all know what they've done successfully with the selfie uh, lens. And uh, now they're using the other side of the camera to use um, AR uh, augmented reality filters for your surroundings. So you could be, imagine this, you'd be pointing your camera to the sky and then you could you can make one of the clouds into a face with a mouth or you can point your camera to a tree and that tree can come to life with certain uh, filters so um, or lenses. So, so that's, uh, that's what Snapchat is uh is working on right now which is uh is really really pretty cool so they're definitely upping their game and it's one of those things that when i saw it i thought wow that's that's such an obvious thing to do why didn't they do that sooner um and then in advertising um native ads and for those of you not familiar with native ads those are the advertisements that are um they are available within content so sometimes you'll be reading uh, an article online and in the middle of the article you'll see either a uh, contextual ad that seems like it's almost part of the content you're reading and sometimes you mistake it for that or it's an image. Um, those are the native ads they are supposed to flow um, very, very seamlessly into the content you're reading. Well, that uh, and I've reported in the past that that's been growing and growing and um, some of the stats now are showing that by 2021 that native ads will be driving 74% of all re ad revenue. Um, that's huge. Um, I'm excited 
about that in terms of what that means with content marketing, that the rise of native ads, which sometimes, again, if not done well and not uh, properly targeted or of the right quality, could be more interruptive than, um, than relevant or um, engaging. But if done right, it also does, um, it does show some validity and justification to content marketing. And that because content marketing uh, is growing and is becoming so important that um, the native ads are also growing along with it. So that's kind of the takeaway uh, that I wanted to mention is that not only is the ad platform, the ad unit growing, but it's also growing because the methodology and the discipline, if you will, of content marketing is growing and is very important. Um, for my ad advertising industry friends, um, if you're familiar with uh, MDC Partners, they're the independent uh, umbrella um, advertising communications firm for CRISPR, uh, CRISPR, Porter and Bogusky, 72 and Sunny, just to name a few agencies, and they are um, going for sale. So this is something that the Wall Street Journal just reported, and um, they are trying to look for um, some, um, some buyers that may want to pick up the entire kit at Kombudo. Um, and last but not least, Alexei Orlov, um, who is the former global CEO of Omnicom ad agency Rap, you may remember in the news that he was a gentleman who resigned from his post this past summer uh, amid a discrimination lawsuit that was brought against him. And um, what was um, touchy about the lawsuit was that it cited that he was discriminatory uh, against um, female employees. And um, it was based on a statement that he had made in, I believe, one of the advertising journals, I believe it might have been Adweek, um, but don't quote me on that, um, where he claimed that his agency no longer had a, an issue with um, uh, female disparity uh, in employment or discrimination. And um, apparently that uh, caught a lot of uh, people by surprise, women who worked uh, and work at the agency that felt that there was a disparity with um, salary and with hiring and felt that that was inaccurate and inappropriate and um, he he stepped down out of all of it I don't believe and now the article goes deeper than that I don't believe that he meant to discriminate in any way or sound discriminatory or sound like he um, was not um, was not interested in the issue of um, of the balance of uh, of HR at his company, but I believe that he was trying to, in a very poor way, explain that they had tackled that issue and he felt like they were in a good track and in a good place. But the way he was quoted definitely caused some issues, and um, he's kind of resurfaced uh, lately, uh, where he finally wrote a blog to talk about his experience and. Um, so his blog is out and he does kind of a, uh, a tell-all, if you will, uh, in his blog to um, uh, defend himself, uh, but also redeem himself at the same time. So um, that's, that's our show for today. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, we will be back next week, Wednesday, November 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for another episode of the Marketing Midweek Wrap-Up. And as always, 
be sure to use hashtag Wagner Live to send me your feedback, communicate with the show, and for links to future live video broadcasts. And if you're interested in being part of the live video audience for future broadcasts or for replays, you can visit Wagner.live. Until next time, this is Wagner, signing off. <laughs>